Jesus, you're all that we want, Lord. Everything we need is in you. So, Father, today we just declare that, Father, our total reliance, our total dependence, our total desire for you. Father, I ask that, Lord, where desires exist that do not align with you, where desires exist that supersede or, uh, our desire for you, that there will be a change even this morning. Father, let there be a shift in every heart in this place today, God. Stir our hearts, Lord. I ask that, Lord, as you speak to our hearts today, God, I pray that your word would take root, Lord. Your word would take root, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have your seats? Hello, everyone. My name is James. James Aladiran, <laughs> and uh, um, I've been living in Manchester since 2001, and uh, God has really uh, stirred our hearts for this city and for this nation. My parents are missionaries uh, who moved over here in 2001, and um, since then, I must say, God has really been increasing the burden for this nation and the burden for this land. And I'm here to share with you a word that I believe is a word in season um, that I feel like God is uh, stirring at the moment. As I look back on kind of like my life, I find that it feels like God gives me certain words in certain seasons. This time last year, the word that was just in my heart was consecration. Um, And I don't feel like that word is over because I feel like that's an ongoing thing. But um, at the same time, I feel like there's a word in this season for now. You know, God has an opinion on everything that's going on in the world right now. Do you realize that God's theology does not always match with our theology? You know, Jesus can disagree with your theology. <laughs> He's perfect theology. And sometimes how he sees things is different to how we see things. And it's important that in every phase of life we're in, we're, it's good to be able to stand back and just ask God for a big picture view of what's actually going on. Because if we don't think like that, we can get carried away and not realize we're part of a bigger purpose. Um, when my wife and I were uh, getting married and uh, uh, we did some marriage counseling, one of the things we were told was that really struck me and just stayed with me since is our getting married is not about us. We're coming together to fulfill something in God's bigger purpose. Okay, so it's not just about our agenda. We're coming together because he's drawn us together to fulfill something in his agenda. Okay, so there's a bigger purpose going on. And if I don't catch a picture of the bigger purpose, sometimes I lose sight of actually what's going on right now. Okay? Um, now, this last September, some of you will know this, uh, my, I lead this uh, movement called Prayer Storm, and our vision is to mobilize the youth of the nation, not just the youth of the nation, but the church, to a place of prayer and fasting, to prepare the way for what God wants to do. This last September, uh, one of the things that the Lord has been uh, in my heart over the last couple of years is to focus full-time on this, which is a massive step of faith for us. Uh, so just, just a couple months ago now, because we're getting to the end of uh, October, uh, my wife and I stepped out in faith to just focus full-time on this, on this movement. And what we want to see is twofold. 
um, it, we don't just want to see a gathering of people to pray over the, uh, for the nation, which is necessary. We want to see, and we believe this is what's going to happen, an increase of the, of, of the prayer level in the church. We believe it's time to see a prayer revolution. Not that people put on prayer meetings and call it prayer storm, but that across the whole church and the whole nation, there is a prayer revolution. I mean, people are praying like they've never prayed before. And actually, we see ourselves as part of that picture to be a catalyst, to equip people, to really begin to seek God like they've never done before. I'm saying that to say what I'm about to say right now, which is, recently, the Lord put it on our heart to start this thing called um, Prayer Storm Book Camp. And the vision of it is to equip the church to be effective in war. Because... The, the time to learn how to use your weapon of war is not when you're in battle. Okay, you, you practice before battle. <laughs> I mean, the battle helps you, but the point is, you better know how to use your weapon of war before you enter the main battle. Okay, and I feel like in the church right now, one of the things God's wanting to do is to equip us to be effective in battle. There's a scripture in Psalms, uh, no, in Samuel, I think it's First Samuel, where it says, the children of Israel could not go to war, and the enemy was afraid of them. So instead of the enemy, um, well, the enemy was afraid of the children of Israel going to war, and this is what he did. He, he, he silenced and stopped all the blacksmiths in the land. So the children of Israel could not go to war because there were no blacksmiths, blacksmiths in the line. And what's the job of the blacksmiths? To make weapons for war. The enemy was not afraid that the children of Israel had a prophet or king. The enemy was afraid that the children of Israel had a blacksmith. Someone that would give them the weapons of war. So even though they had a king and they had a prophet, the enemy wasn't afraid. The enemy was just afraid of the people of God being equipped to fight. And I tell you one thing right now, we're in a season where more than any other time, we need to learn how to fight. Having done all to stand, we need to stand firm, okay? And then we need to be equipped with the full armor of God. And then we need to make sure the enemy has nothing in us. Because in this battle, see, uh, spiritual warfare is not about just coming against the devil. When Jesus walked into a place, a demon-possessed man started manifesting and the first words he said was, Holy One of God. The demon started manifesting in the presence of Jesus when he felt Jesus' holiness. Jesus' presence caused demons to manifest because he was living right with God. The point I want to make is, when you're living right with God, you don't have to speak against the devil to come against the devil. Your presence is a rebuke to the devil. So you cannot afford for there to be compromise in your life in this season. You cannot afford for there to be one leg in the church, another leg in the world. Because, you see, I say this all the time, you can't have authority over an enemy you're sleeping with. And many of us are playing with darkness, and we come and we think we can have authority over the enemy, but we cannot. This is serious. And you see, the enemy, when you give him a tiny bit of space, it takes so much more. You can't, this, we can't afford to play. So before I go into this word, I want to say first, this is the time to realign our hearts with holiness. Realign our hearts with God's truth. Disconnect from darkness. Disconnect from the works of the enemy. Get ourselves prepared because this is a serious battle we're in. I was brought up in, Niger well, partly in Nigeria. And I always say, while I lived in Nigeria, there was... I never met an atheist in my whole life till I came to this country. I never met... Can you, can you identify that, Pastor Dele? <laughs> I never met an atheist till I came to this country. 
there were people that didn't live right, didn't believe in God, and, you know, didn't really care. But everyone believed something was up there. You know why? Because everyone could see the effect of spiritual things around them. But when you come into the West, most people don't believe angels and demons and the darkness is real. Even in the church, most people are unbelieving believers. So when we talk about worship and we talk about prayer, many times our response to these things is based on understanding and revelation of what's actually going on. There's a lot more going on that you can see. And the more you bind to that reality, the more it's going to affect your response to prayer, the more it's going to affect your response to worship. I never met the nation. I believe in the West, it's not that darkness isn't going on, but it's so covered up. And that is the dangerous kind of darkness. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you can live on fire for God in this culture for decades, I didn't say for a couple months, for decades, you've grown your passion for God for decades, you can live anywhere in the world. Because the darkness that we're facing in this country and in the West, it's aggressive. It is aggressive. And if you don't consciously stand against it, listen, you'll be subconsciously influenced by it. Have you been to the kebab shop? <laughs> You've seen the, the meat on the kebab? How they gradually slice it one at a time? That's how the enemy is slicing of many of our spiritual life. One at a time and gradually, before you know it, you're gone. There has to be an aggressive approach. So the first point I want to make this morning is, I want to encourage you, to disconnect from darkness. And I want to encourage you to connect to some of the things we want to do with Prayer Storm, which is to do this book camp. It's going to start on the 13th of November. It's going to be a six-week six week, six week, uh, uh, thing we're doing. One day a week, on a Thursday night, um, we're going to come together. We're going to do some teaching on prayer. And uh, the point is, people commit to the whole six-week period. And every week, we're going to be doing some teachings and prayer, giving people assignments. It's just going to be like a book camp. You're going to be stretched. And the heart behind it is to really begin to raise up some warriors in this nation. And I believe God's going to release a prayer revolution to the church that will usher in a great awakening. Amen? Now, this is the word I want to share with you. Matthew, sorry, Mark 5, Mark 4, um, 35. The preface to this is what I just said about disconnecting from all ungodly alliances. So this is what Jesus says to the disciples. Because of time, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I know a lot of you are familiar with this story. So I'm just going to make some points here and there. Jesus says to the disciples um, in verse 35 of Mark 4. I'll just read. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as it was and other little boats were also with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling but he was stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said teacher do you not care that we're perishing but he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said to them why are you fearful why is it that you do not have faith? And they feared, and they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, this is very interesting because uh, I've read this many times um, over and over again. And recently, um, I was just talking about it to my wife, 
And all of a sudden, I start having, as I'm speaking, a download of Revelation. <laughs> and I just really felt like this was a word that God wanted to just blast out to the people of God right now. The first point is Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. You see, when Jesus says, let us cross over to the other side, he has an end in mind. Prophetically, that's talking about moving to another dimension. It's talking about living where you are to a higher place he's called you to be. It's talking about leaving your comfort zone to a place of greater impact. And if you look through the scriptures, you find that when, they, when the children of Israel wanted to cross over the Red Sea, it was a picture of spiritual, it was a shift in their spiritual DNA. They shifted from a place of bondage before the Red Sea to a place of freedom after the Red Sea. Okay, before they crossed over into Jordan, again, they shifted from a place of not having their own land to going into a place of possessing the land. The point is, when God says, let's cross over to the other side, there's something on the other side he can see. And that's why he's giving you that word, because that word is energy and that word is ammunition to help you go through the process. The disciples received a word from God. They received a prophetic word from God. And that prophetic word was meant to not just be a word that made them feel good. It was meant to be a word that, took, that, that, was, that was deep rooted in their hearts. And we're going to see later on why they needed to have this word rooted in their hearts. Because they were about to go through a process in order to fulfill what God had commanded them to fulfill. When God commands us to do something, in the command is the grace to fulfill the command. Grace is not the license to sin. Grace is not God lowering the standard because of the culture. Grace is God empowering us through the word to meet the standard that's already been set. God will never lower the standard. And the standard is, in fact, a lot of people talk about grace today and the lower the standard. The standard on the grace is higher than under the law. Okay, the, the grace said, you know, um, uh, you know, if you look upon a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. The law said when you commit adultery, that's when you've committed adultery. Grace said when you think it, you've committed it already. The standard people is high on the grace. But when God commands us to do something, in the command is the grace to fulfill what he's called us to do. He said to the guy with the withered hand, stretch forth your arm. The guy had never done that before. But when the guy received the word from Jesus, guess what happened? Power hit him. And he received that word with a right heart such that he was able to obey what God had called him to do. The disciples right here probably did not think much of this word that that, God, that Jesus spoke to them. I wonder how many words God is speaking to you right now that you don't think much of. That those words are very necessary for what's ahead of you. But you, you take it for granted. And then when the, the process starts, you start to blame God. Not realizing he gave you ammunition that you've not used already. And you've forgotten about. Because the word never took root in you. And I believe in this season, God is calling us to another dimension. I know people say that all the time, prophetically, I know that. But the point is, the dream I had last year, this time last year, August last year, was about big things that God has prepared for us, the people of God. And the word of the Lord to me last year was, get yourself ready, because there are great things ahead. I haven't seen that yet, the fullness or whatever that is, but I know I'm getting closer. And I'm, I'm, I'm in everything, I, in every way I can, I'm holding on to that word to prepare myself, get myself ready. Be, and I'm saying it to you, church, get yourself ready. Uh, don't, don't treat the word that God is giving just casually. You know, uh, take them very serious. Think about them. Let them become part of your prayer life, your prayer language. 
So they received the word from God. And they're uh, obeying the word from God. They left where they were to go, to, what, to go into what God has called them to do. And I want to say this. Until you're out of what God has called you out of, you will not step into what it's called to step into. They had to act on that word. They had to leave the shore. Okay? They left the shore and they stepped into a season of transition. They stepped into a season of vulnerability. They stepped into a season where they're trying to obey what God has told them to do, but here comes a storm. And when one of the most vulnerable, you know, a while back I was talking to my dad about this, about the fact that just looking through church history and how things work in the church, I find that transitions are probably not the best. We're not the best at transitions. <laughs> and transitions can be a vulnerable time. But you better know that you've heard the word of the Lord. Because many people are moving on every other thing apart from what God said. What did Jesus say? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Present tense, proceed. what God is saying, that's what's giving you life. That's what's giving you motion. What is God saying? Now, what I want to focus on is this storm they went into. Because this storm was not just an ordinary storm. Okay. If you read uh, the verses, you know, the Bible was not written in chapter and verses. It was just written as one long letter, a book. And the chapter after this, Jesus goes into a region called the, uh, the Gadarenes and encounters a demon-possessed man. I want to get you to realize that this storm they were going through was a demonic storm. Because later on, when you read the verses, Jesus is delivering this guy from his demon possession and asks him, you know, who are you? And he says, we're legion. Do you know what legion means? 6,000 troops, Roman troops. In other words, 6,000 demons were dwelling in one guy. That was a form of territorial authority those demons have over that region. They felt Jesus coming to bring deliverance to the man. Because demons are not dumb, you know. Through demonic intelligence, they knew something was going on. They could sense something coming. And guess what? They, they stirred up a storm. What is in the storm? The wind and the waves. What is the wind? The wind is something you cannot see that is affecting something in the same realm, the waves. They could see the waves, but they couldn't see the wind. The wind was demonic in nature. And think about this. Peter and some of the apostles were experienced fishermen. This is not novice. These are people who have done this for a living. They had a business doing this. And they said, we are perishing. In other words, they knew they were dying. This was not just an ordinary situation. This was demonic. And this is where you got to understand. This is why I shared what I shared earlier about how the West and in the church were so covered and distracted and not realized we are in a battle. There are things in the unseen realm causing activities in the seen realm. And if you're not discerning, you'll fall into the trap of the enemy. There are people in here right now, you're going through storms. Health storms. Financial storms, relational storms, ministry storms. But you've got to see past the natural. 
You've got to see past the people speaking evil words at you. You've got to see past the situation and realize there is something causing this manifestation in the natural. You cannot just look at things on face value. Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter was just trying to convince Jesus not to go to the cross. Now, the interesting thing is, Jesus rebuked the spirit that spoke through Peter. Because Jesus discerned the spirit behind the words Peter spoke. If Jesus came against Peter the person, the spirit would have known that Jesus did not know what was going on. (laughs) And it would have gained a greater advantage. The people of God lose authority when they come into agreement with the devil. Many of us are coming into agreement with the devil because we're not singing what's behind what is going on in the natural. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. They are devices. Pastor Paul just said it. The enemy has crafted weapons. Do you know there's special weapons he crafts for different people? The weapons he crafts for me is different than weapons he crafts for you. And I'm not trying to exalt the enemy. By the way, Satan is not the opposite of God. God has no opposites. If there was an opposite of Satan, it probably would be an archangel or something because <laughs> Satan rebelled and was kicked out of heaven. He says, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning, just like that. Satan cannot oppose God. He cannot, but you know what he does? He opposes the work of God through us, his people. That's why God is giving us authority to stand against him. And if you don't stand against him, guess what? He's going to keep oppressing and uh, dominating you until you stand against him. And I'm telling you people, just as Jesus discerned the the spirit behind the words Peter spoke, we are in this season called to be alert discern what is going on behind them ask god lord what is we say we do not fight against flesh and blood the fact that your relationships are breaking down does not mean you should just be focused on the person yes that's true what is going on jesus what what, what's going on i want to have some insight here so guess what the boat starts to sink we all know the story The boat starts to sink. The disciples are scared. And what did they do? They went and woke up Jesus. Who is Jesus? The Word. The disciples went and woke up the Word that was asleep. There is a prophetic word I said before that God has given you before you came into this storm. But that word is asleep right now because your, your focus is on the storm, not on the words that God gave. <laughs> and God is saying right now, wake up the prophetic word I spoke to you. Where is the word I spoke to you? You're going through the storm. You're looking at the storm, but you're not thinking about the word I gave you because I gave you that word because I knew this storm was coming. First Timothy 1.18, Paul says to Timothy, Son Timothy, remember the prophetic words that have been spoken over you that by them you may wage the good warfare. Paul is saying to Timothy, there's warfare you're going to fight, but the only tools you have are the prophetic words that have been spoken over you. Do you even take to heart the words God's speaking over you? Do you know God does not have to send a prophet to come to you and lay hands on you and prophesy over you for him to give you a word? Right now, some of you is giving you a word. Some of the messages that have come from this platform, for some of you, has been ammunition for you. But you've neglected it. I want to say to you, wake up the word. Say to yourself, wake up the word. 
Come on, I want to hear you. Say that again. Wake up the word. No, no, no. That's very weak. Say it like warriors. Wake up the word. Remember what God has spoken. Remember. Remember. Because that's what you're going to need in this storm. Jesus awoke, and guess what he did? I find this very interesting. He, in verse 39, he arose, and he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the wind, and look at what he did to the sea. He spoke peace to the sea, but he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the invisible activity, and spoke peace into the visible activities. He didn't attack his friend. He didn't attack Peter. He attacked the spirit behind Peter. And this is the time when you need to learn how to use your weapons of war. This is the time when you need to learn. See, the problem with many of us is we're, very, we're okay with the enemy cohabiting with us. We're okay with the devil messing about our stuff. But this is time for you to rise up and say, No, you're not going to have my family, devil. You're not going to have my mind, devil. Some of you are struggling with depression. Day in and day out depression. And you just keep quiet. I tell you what, I believe sometimes, not all kinds of depression, but there are many kinds of depression that are very demonic in nature. And you need to learn how to speak against that spirit. I come against you in the name of Jesus. Father, I align my mind with the with the thoughts of the father right now i pull down strongholds i dismantle imaginations i declare that the life of god comes in me i am filled of joy not depression i come against you spirit of depression you will not have my mind you will not have my family you will not have my ministry satan you're a liar you have no right in this place i arise like a man of god and i stand against the works of devil and declare your works of the devil be destroyed right now see 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 you gotta, you, you got to speak. You've got to speak. If you don't speak, nothing will happen. What did the Bible say? It says, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. When you pray, say. It didn't say when you pray, think. You, 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 you can think. That's meditation. That's okay. But when you pray, say, our Father who had never. Because your words change the atmosphere. Ha! Your words are not ordinary words. Your words don't have geographic limitation. Your words are not limited by you. Your words can go into eternity and shift things and bring them into the natural. Your words are powerful, people. Don't don't underestimate your words. What you don't want to see in your tomorrow, don't say it today. Stop allowing the enemy to use your... See, you have the great authority over yourself. And the enemy would allow your tongue to curse you i'm stupid i'm this and that the enemy is using your tongue to curse you you better break those curses right now you know what put your hands on your head right now i'm gonna pray father right now in the name of jesus we break our agreement of every curse Every curse we've spoken over ourselves, knowingly or knowingly. Every curse people have spoken over us, knowingly or knowingly. We break it in the name of Jesus. We declare our mind and our hearts come into alignment with heaven. Father, we excavate every demonic seed that has been illegally planted in our minds, our soul and spirit. We declare they will not be incubated. They will not be cultivated or watered or nurtured. Father, we destroy these seeds of the devil 
Lord, now, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we receive the seeds of hope, the seeds of truth, the, the seeds of destiny, prosperity, the seeds of life. In the name of Jesus, we break the curse of the enemy and we break every attachment the enemy has to our souls, our emotions. We declare that the blood of Jesus decontaminates our souls. Ah, the blood of Jesus decontaminates my soul. The blood of Jesus decontaminates my soul from every demonic attack. I declare joy, peace, righteousness reigns in this place. Hallelujah. You know, it's very interesting how Jesus deals with this situation. Because Jesus um, then turns to the disciples and rebukes them. Jesus rebukes his disciples. And what did he say? He says, uh, why are you so fearful? Whenever you're afraid... It's an indication that your faith is under attack. So what do you do? You build up your faith. The Bible says in Jude 120, build up yourself in you, in, in your, on your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. I can't tell you how many times I didn't know what to pray, and all I did is just pray in tongues. Why is it your most holy faith? Because that's quite interesting. There's no other place as far as I'm aware that scripture says your most holy faith. Because when you pray in the spirit, your mind and unbelief cannot get in. Because you're praying directly through the Holy Spirit to God for the perfect prayer, prayer request, what you, what you need. He prays it through you. That's why it's your most holy faith. And that's why there are times when you need to learn how to pray in the spirit. When you don't know what to pray. When your faith is under attack, you pray in the Spirit. He rebukes his disciples, but it's interesting that what his disciples did is prayer. Most of us do this. We're in trouble. We run to Jesus. God, help me. That's prayer. That's what they did. Yet he rebuked them. I believe part of why he rebuked them was also the fact that he just mentioned their faith, but it was the lack of revelation of the authority he had already given them to come against the storm, the storm themselves. Because the word he gave them was go to the other side. With that word, they could have stood against that storm. And I wonder whether many times in prayer, some of you have been Christians for long times and God is expecting you to have grown to a certain place and yet you're still a baby. It's like God is giving you the key to open the door. And he said, the door is right there. You open and you come to him saying, God, please help me open the door. Jesus, help me open the door. You're fasting, asking to help. He says, I've given you the key. You open the door. Sometimes there are dimensions of prayer that is not that you're coming against God. It's not even that you're speaking to God. You're partnering with God and coming against the enemy. And it was in this kind of situation they needed to take their stand and come against the enemy. And if you look at the way Jesus prayed and the way the disciples prayed, when they prayed, they spoke out of a reality they exist, they lived in. Paul, uh, was it Peter at the gate, says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, he knew he had something. He didn't say, Jesus, heal this man. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying those prayers. I'm just saying there's different dimensions in prayer we've got to realize. He says, what I have, I give to you. In other words, he knew he had something and he was releasing it. Get up and walk in Jesus' name. 
And look at how Jesus prayed for the sick. He spoke to the sickness. He spoke to the situation. And I believe it's an example. We need to learn how to be speaking to the situations. Now, another interesting point is Jesus, is, see, Jesus awoke from sleep. And we marvel at the fact that the wind and the waves obeyed him. And that's amazing. But I don't think the most significant thing in this story is what he spoke to. More significant than that, I believe, is where he spoke from. Where was he? He was sleeping. He was asleep. When he woke up, he spoke what was in him to the current situation. He spoke from a place of peace into the storm. You know why the disciples could not rebuke the storm? Because the storm had got into them. You cannot release peace into a situation when you yourself are in inner turmoil. You better find your peace. One of the greatest fights we have today is to find and guard and keep our peace. Because all the troubles of life will come against you and try to steal that peace. But you've got to learn how to fight for that peace. The Bible says in Isaiah, he will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. And God is calling us in this season to learn how to guard our peace. You know, there are many times you can guard your peace and external circumstances are uncomfortable. But many times, I believe some Christians choose the comfort and then lose their peace. As opposed to keep their peace, even though it's not quite comfortable around them. Find your peace. Now, I'm going to take this over to the guy who was delivered. The guy was called Legion. And Genesis uh, uh, 49 verse 15. This is quite interesting. I'm going to round up in in a few minutes now. Genesis uh, 49, 15, uh, Jacob is prophesying, this is quite interesting, Jacob is prophesying over his sons. And this is what he says of Gad. Mind you, the name of this region is called the Gadarenes. This is what he says of Gad. He says, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at last. Jacob, through prophetic insights, could see down the bloodline that there was someone in his generation that a troop was going to overcome. And in that, he prophesied the solution and said, but he will overcome. That's very interesting. Because that lets me understand that my life is not isolated. I'm connected to things bigger than me. See, there's a prophetic word I believe I'm a part of and you're a part of. Joel 2.28, I pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, the enemy knew this prophetic word. So he knew there was a guy that was having a great destiny. And in order to stop this guy from fulfilling his destiny, he chose to have him possessed. Now, this is my last point. <laughs> if, you look, if you look at uh, 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 Mark 5, this guy got delivered, okay? And uh, I'll read from verse 19. However, Jesus did not permit him. Jesus did not permit this guy to follow Jesus. Jesus said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim, and this is the word, he began to proclaim in Decapolis 
all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Do you know what the word Decapolis means? Ten cities. No wonder the enemy was trying to stop this. Because there was a young man somewhere that was going to become the voice of revival to ten cities. So the enemy knew something about what this guy carried and he, he, he kind of tried to bind him. He took the battle to this boy's gates before the boy even realized they had a purpose. I wonder how many battles are going on right now by your kids, about your friends. That you do not know the end of the picture, but somehow that battle is stirred up because the enemy has somehow discerned that there's something great about to happen. And because you do not see it, you're carried away with the battle. You're not fighting in the word of the Lord. You're not standing in authority. But I'm here to declare to you, there's great purpose. There's great reason why God has called you for such a time as this. And do not look at the natural circumstances. But begin to hold on to what God has promised and what God has spoken. Because there's great destiny he has for you. Do you understand what I mean? There's great destiny. There is great destiny. There is great purpose. See, we're entering into a season of the Halloween thing right now. And I do believe there's a lot of witchcraft going on. There's a lot of darkness going on right now. There's a lot of attack going on on ministries, on individuals, on relationships. And the enemy uses some of these things. We're selling, you know, most kids don't know what they're doing, but the enemy is using a lot of these things to empower and to celebrate darkness and evil and fear. I believe God is calling us to be alert right now. There's a great destiny on the other side of this storm. And this is the time to stand. This is the time to stand. Having done all to stand, stand firm and keep standing and don't allow the enemy to gain any ground. Right now, I want you to pray with me. The reason why I'm preaching this message is because I'm preaching this message to myself. (laughs) I'm I'm not coming here just to make you feel good. I'm preaching to myself that this storm is going to pass. This storm is going to (laughs) pass. What the enemy thinks he's doing (laughs) and what the enemy thinks he's he's meant for evil, the Lord is going to turn it around. There's somebody here today who is going through some financial difficulties and you're wondering, how am I going to get out of this? I'm saying to you, this storm will pass. There are people going through relational challenges. I'm here to say to you, this storm will pass. Do not lose your peace. Fight for your peace right now. Receive the peace of God that surpasses our understanding because that's what's going to guide you through the storm. And hold on to the word of the Lord because the Lord is faithful. 
faithful to accomplish and bring to pass everything he promised. So Father, we lift our hands to you right now. Come on, let's do that. We lift our hands to you right now. And we declare, Lord, we will not be overcome by the storm. Speak that for yourself. I will not be overcome by the storm. I will not get into worry. I will not step into fear. I will not step into anxiety. I arise like a mighty man of war. I arise like a mighty man of war. And I declare, the Lord is for me. Who can be against me? I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is for me than he who is against me. I receive my peace. I receive my joy. I receive my confidence. I will go through this storm. I'm the word of the Lord. I will not be pushed back in Jesus' name. We will not be pushed back in Jesus' name. We arise. We arise. We arise. We arise. Mighty men and women of God, arise. Arise. For the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. We arise in the name of Jesus. Just pray in the Spirit for a few moments right now. Stir yourself up on your most holy face. Ha 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 ha. The devil is a liar. 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 Fight for your peace right now. The devil is a liar.